We have uh, some announcements uh, this morning, and um, I have one that is astounding to me. But in our recycling uh, this month, collected $200, and that will be matched, which will bring our total since May 2006 to $26,067. There is a song that says, even the drops of rain, soon they become a river. And Miss Jackie and, and everybody that is so faithful in this ministry, I thank you for that. That is a beautiful witness of the small stuff making it into big stuff. So thank you for everyone's participation in that. And we're always looking for people that can recycle. So, you know, uh, we'll probably go over your neighbor's recycling bin sometimes, but not above that. Okay, um, in our yellow part here, um, excuse me, pink this morning, uh, we have adult education this morning, and we are still in Rome, Romans, and uh, that has uh, been a lot of fun. We've had some different teachers in there. We've had the uh, Reverend Dr. Uh, Ed Reimer here uh, has taken uh, place in it, <laughs> and uh, uh, Pastor Chris uh, Gallagher has taught, and um, we're having a good time, and, and, and we invite all who might like to come and, and enjoy the road uh, along the Romans uh, that, that our St. Paul wrote, and uh, it's, it's fabulous. Grief and Loss on Tuesdays, 10 a.m., Karen uh, and I help facilitate a support group, and it has been a blessing to all that have attended. And so we encourage you, if you can, to come on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. And uh, we have the council meeting coming up on Saturday, uh, July the 14th at 9.30 a.m. And this has uh, been switched to that. just to, It's easier on everybody's schedule and traffic-wise. And uh, you get an opportunity to come to the men's Bible study if uh, you'd like to start out early. We start at 8 o'clock and we finish promptly at nine-ish. And uh, that's uh, about it, unless, Ed, I have something that I've missed. No? Do we, we? Yeah, hit with a hammer, hammer on the nail. A couple of things that I've witnessed around here. We have some, uh, a new projector that is, uh, for, that we're going to be able to have movie nights. We have an outside, um, uh, screen that's one of these blow-up things that we can do that. These are all donated by a member. Um, we have a popcorn machine, brand spanking new, that also was donated by a member. We uh, have a hot dog machine and a bun warmer, but the hot dogs do like 30 at a time. 40. So, you know, this is, this is some exciting stuff. I mean, you know, come on, other than the gospel, what else matters, right? And uh, so, so we, got, we got some things that are really moving in a shaking, and we're going to have our first movie night in July, I believe, right? Huh? Right. So this month, we're going to have it 
I'm waiting to hear with the exact date on it, but I hear from a, a good source that we're going to play um, I Can Only Imagine, the movie that came out. So that is, uh, yeah, huh? Yeah, good movie. So bring your, uh, bring your appetite for hot dogs and popcorn, and we'll, we'll get it off right. So, okay, if you will stand, and our opening hymn is found on page 377, and this is Lift High the Cross. that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, during his earthly ministry, your son, Jesus, healed the sick and raised the dead. By the healing medicine of the word and sacraments, pour into our hearts such love toward you that we may live eternally through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. I almost forgot it was my turn to read today. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. <laughs> the first reading this morning is from Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 33 and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1,229. Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 through 33. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who hope in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him, and let him be filled with disgrace. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. We will read Psalm 30 responsively. Please see page 6 of the bulletin. Psalm 30. I will exalt you, Lord. For you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord, my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you, his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. 
you removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that, they, that my heart might sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. The third reading, the epistle, is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9 and verses 13 through 15 and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1801. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 9, and verses 13 through 15. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urge Titus, just as he earlier had made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of living. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Gospel reading this morning is from St. Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 through 43, and can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1559. St. Mark, chapter 5, 21 through 43. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell 
at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet, instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering." While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and they said, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, don't be afraid, just believe. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, and the brother of James. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. And after he put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, and he went in where the child was. And he took her by the hand, and he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. At this, they were completely astonished, and he gave strict orders not to tell anyone about what had happened, and then he told them to give her something to eat. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
Do you know anyone on earth that can heal the sick or raise the dead? So if I said, Jesus healed the sick, heal the sick, can I get an amen? Jesus raised the dead, can I get an amen? Jesus' love and mercy is what changes lives. Can I get an amen? Thank you very much. See you next Sunday. In a nutshell, that's it. No other name than Jesus can heal. No other name can we declare his righteousness upon us than Jesus. No other way can we get to the Father than through Jesus. The interesting thing that we see here is that um, the beginning of our readings admonish us to take hold of is that the, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. His mercies are new every morning. That was in Leviticus. And then we hear from the psalm that you have brought my soul up from Sheol. Sheol, Sheol, that's, that's Hades, that's hell. That's the Greek underworld is, is Hades. It it's personifies evil. And the psalmist says, you brought me up from Sheol. Who else but Jesus can bring a soul out of hell or save a soul from hell? Anyone? No. So the conclusion is, is that we need Jesus. Amen? Jesus is our portion. Jesus has done everything that needed to be done on the cross. That's why at this church we preach Christ and him crucified. Nothing more, nothing less. What do I need to be saved? What must I do to be saved? Is there anything I can do other than to repent and be baptized and just believe to be saved? No? Amen. And yet, in our flesh... We think there are things that we must do. We see that the Pharisees created all kinds of laws, and it actually inhibited people from coming to the precious side of Christ. In our gospel this morning, it's reported that there was this woman that had been had a, a, a uterine hemorrhage for 12 years. Notice also the little girl was 12 years old. But for 12 years, this woman went to the doctors and spent everything that she had. Does that sound familiar? And yet, she suffered for 12 years. Now, the astonishing thing about that is that she's out, that she had such faith. But do you know that by the law of the Pharisees at that time, she was unclean? And that she had no business being around people during that time. And it appears that everyone knew who she was and what she was afflicted with, and yet she still came. Law. 
Law kept this woman from coming to him. In fact, sometimes we can have our own laws on ourselves. Oh, I can't go there. I'm much too sick. I can't bother them. I can't bother Jesus for something like this. She didn't do it. She was bold. She had heard about Jesus. She had heard about the miracles. And she came, and she had such faith that if I just touch his garment, I will be healed. Now, the way that it is recorded for us might lend us to think that Jesus was just kind of cruising along when, hey, did someone touch me? Well, we know that that's not the way it is. He foresaw her coming to him, I'm certain. And she felt, and he felt immediately power go from him. Interesting this, too. Her faith made her well. She had faith that if she touched his garment, that it would come, his healing would come. So we need faith. We have faith. It's a gift that no one may boast, right? Given to us in our baptism, faith. So Jesus turned and said, who touched me? Isn't that great? The disciples are like, you know, I picture them as a couple of kind of sometimes knuckleheadish, you know, and they're like, well, duh. I mean, look at all these people. People are bumping into you all over the place. It's kind of like going to Costco or the fair or something like that. You know, if you don't like people bumping into you, don't get on a, an elevator. It just happens. And so these guys are just so simple and so in the here and the now that they didn't get the bigger picture. And Jesus still looked. And here's this woman, and she's trembling. Uh-oh, the jig is up. I got caught. So she goes to this man, not just a man, a rabbi. A teacher. Remember, she shouldn't have even been in, in public. She was unclean by uh, Mosaic law, you know. Unclean. And she touched a rabbi. Whoa. Yeah, huh? <laughs> you naughty girl. And yet Jesus didn't condemn her. He lovingly said, your faith has made you well. That's not the end of the story, I'm sure, but we don't hear about her after that. Don't you think that must have been a powerful witness? I mean, there's some people in this church right now that have survived catastrophic illnesses and accidents and things like that. What a powerful witness to God's faith. Looking at you, Randy. You know, looking at me. Um, several of us have <coughs> really, the Lord has blessed us and and given us what powerful witness. I wonder what that woman would have said. Again, it's not like they didn't know who she was. Now she's not afflicted. It was Jesus. I mean, I wonder if she was a real powerful evangelist. She didn't write, didn't have any books about her, but wow, that's a nice person to have on your crew. Remember we were talking about that, you know, our crew last week that we're all rowing along together. Boy, what a powerful witness to the love of Christ. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. She found Jesus, and he delivered, healed her healed her. And then we have the point where we go to the little child of Jairus. And, and it's interesting that Jesus at this time didn't say, go, your faith has healed your son like he did you know, to the centurion, right? He says, well, I'm a man of power and I see you are too. And No, he took, he took compassion on this man and it was important that he went. And he comes in and he says, wake up, baby girl. And she does. And they were astonished. There's another part of that story, too. Did you hear the part where people laughed at him? Man, how humble Jesus was. I think I would have been doing the strut. Yeah. 
huh? No, he doesn't do that. He's humble. He's loving. He comes at the exact right time, and he does the exact right thing for those who wait on him. He is good. His mercies are new every morning. He is the healer. It's us in our flesh that gets in the way of his, of, you know, you're late. Where are you, Lord? You ever asked that? I have. Where are you in this? His timing's perfect, and he's always there. Doesn't feel like you're here. Well, he heals. And a prayer that, that some of you may have prayed, and I have too, and that is that, Lord, heal either temporarily here on earth or forever in heaven and help me accept your will. Oh, those who believe will be healed perfectly one day. One day. Now, in the three years that I have been here, I have never once given a, um, a sermon on tithing <laughs> or offering stewardship. And there's a good reason for it, because I can remember coming back to the church as a young father, young married man. The first time I heard it, I just really didn't get it. And I actually took offense. I said, oh, man, God's broke again. You know, I didn't get it. And then further, I heard some pastors say, you know, um, we've got a money problem. And then he says, no, actually, we don't have a problem. There's plenty of money. The problem, or we don't have a money problem. There's plenty of money. The problem is it's still in your pocket. And I went, ooh, not even close. <laughs> you know, I just didn't get it. <clears throat> Excuse me. But when Paul is writing to the Corinthians, he is not beating on the old Adam. Like saying, we don't have a problem with money. The problem is it's still in your pocket. And then you somehow might go, ooh. And, oh, okay, you know, I'm so bad, bad, bad. You know, and then you do it that way. That, that's not what Paul does. Paul talks about the Macedonians who were poor. I mean, poor. And they gave all that they could give. And yet, we are told, they gave more than they were able. In order to, they were joyfully feeding those that could not feed themselves, that were either from persecution or from starvation, from famine, and so forth. These people were a model witness for it. Their little trickle down was like, well... At the beginning of our service today, I mentioned that that $200 in a month, those bottles that you bring in, that paper that you bring in, that Miss Jackie and others faithfully bring there, in a period of time, equal $26,067. No, $26,067. That little bit, that's, that's a chunk of change, my beloved sister in Christ. That's... All of you coming together and putting that in there. So, no, he wasn't beating on the old Adam of the Corinthians saying, look where you live. You got it all. You got businesses. You got everything coming. You know, you started a good work, he said, but finish it. He wasn't beating on him. He was saying, hey, look, Christ is good to those who wait. 
Christ raised the dead. Christ heals the sick. Think about that. Christ died on that cross. He became poor. He was rich, is rich. He became poor and came down to pay for your debt and my debt. And then he puts that hook in there that all of those good uh, people would know, and that was the reference to the manna. For those that gathered much and those that gathered little, there was equality in it. Now, you remember the manna, it would fell every night, right? And what happened if you gathered too much and you didn't eat it? It rotted. You didn't gather more than you, eat, you could eat because it would rot. It was, he's like, take enough. So people would gather a lot, not out of greed. They would gather a lot because there were some that were sick that couldn't go out and gather. And so they would gather a lot, and they would give to those that couldn't gather. Think about the people that we know that couldn't go outside and get the mail, let alone scrape up bread from heaven. And he's saying that is the model that was given to us by God, that Everyone would have plenty because of his provision. The same thing holds true with our time's talents. So some gather a lot and some gather little and others can gather none at all. And what he's saying is give out of your abundance so that none go without. So I'm not going to say to you what I've said two two times before. I'm going to say this. And I mean it. What we give is between us and God. Which, what we give is between us and God. And, and, and you know how you're doing. Well, that's kind of heavy, Pastor Ken. If I tithe less than 10%, well, tithe is 10%. If I'm not a generous giver, does that keep me from going to heaven? No. No. Is there going to be an Excel spreadsheet in heaven when I come up there and, you know, they're going to look at my pattern of giving, regular or irregular or whatever? Is that, is that going to, you know, is that going to make a difference? No. Hi, I'm Pastor Ken. How are you? Oh, well, nice to meet you. Does God grade on the curve? No. So if, it's, if we preach Christ and him crucified, is that enough? Right. Is it sufficient? Is, is, is your baptism sufficient for receiving the Holy Spirit? Did you receive forgiveness of sins and salvation through your baptism? Yeah, according to what Christ said, repent and be baptized. We were dead, according to Paul says. We died. The old Adam was killed and the new Adam came up. And we are a new creation clothed in Christ in his righteousness, not ours. In his righteousness, not ours. In his payment, not ours. And... Here's Jesus here again today. We will meet him right here. This isn't dependent on 
how much you put in the plate, is it? You receiving grace through this sacrament? No. It's given to you freely to all who should believe. There isn't a, there isn't a secret code. There isn't a, a spreadsheet or a tally or a, or, or a weight thing on this. We know that. It's all been set straight because of what he did on that cross. And this is a deposit. This is a foretaste of the healing and the sight and the everlasting life that we will have in heaven. This is we do in remembrance of him and his promises. Did it cost us anything? No, not anymore than a beggar who was given a meal, and not any more participation than him holding out his hand and taking the food. It was given to us freely. So, we need Jesus, amen? We know that Jesus did and does a lot for us, amen? Here's Jesus, and in a minute, we're going to come up, and we're going to have communion with Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the Almighty God, whose love never ceases and whose mercies have no end, hear the prayers of your people who call upon you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We give you thanks for the love that made and still sustains us. We praise you for the gift of redemption through Jesus Christ, who, though he was rich for our sakes, became poor, that by his poverty we might become rich. Help us to treasure your grace and faithful hearts and guide us to love you and serve you all the days of our lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Save and defend your holy church, which you have cleansed through the blood of Jesus. Give to her faithful pastors and ministers. Bless Pastor Ken, our council, and all who serve you through your church. Unite your people in faith that together we may serve the world in your name through the proclamation of Jesus' death and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless our nation as we celebrate our Independence Day this week. Remember in your kindness, Donald, our president, Jerry, our governor, and those who serve us, that all who hold positions of trust may serve your holy will for the protection of the weak, the promotion of virtue, and the establishment of peace and harmony here and throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Take away from us all prejudice and hate. Help us to show your compassion and love to all in need. Sanctify our homes with your presence. Make them places of welcome and love in Christ. Bless husband and wife, parent and child, that we may live in Christ-like love toward one another. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, you are good to those who wait for you and to the souls of those who seek you. In accordance with your will, heal the sick and relieve their suffering, especially those whose names we hold in our hearts and now name to you silently or aloud. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Holy Father, at your son's call, the dead are restored to life and tears are banished. Give his comfort and peace to all who grieve the death of those they love and to all whose pilgrimage draws to a close. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Open the hearts of your people who commune today. 
that they may receive your gifts with faith and for the strengthening of their joy, feasting upon your son's true body and blood. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. These and whatever else you would have us ask of you, grant us, O Lord, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all praise and glory, now and to the end of all ages. Amen. May the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Beautiful. Will you please stand? Pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, 
Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy In the night in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it, giving it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples saying, take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us. There's plenty of room at the Lord's table for all who believe. Jesus said, just believe. Repent. Be baptized. Believe. If your confession, and I heard you, is that Christ is Lord, then come. The table is prepared. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward.
Will you please stand? We have much to be grateful for. Notwithstanding this, this country that we call home. And this country certainly needs prayer. At a time where we should be united, we maybe are in a situation that the division may not have been this bad up to uh, traumatic times in the past in the, the Civil War and so forth. It was said to me um, the other day, may God's children and those who represent God not fan the flames of division, but rather speak in terms of hope and love. It's, it's hard not to get caught up into the rhetoric that is going on. It's hard not to express an opinion. And maybe we don't have to. Maybe the best thing is to follow the direction that is found in Holy Scripture. And, and God's promise is that if a nation will humble itself, the nation will call out, and I'll heal it. Maybe that's what we should be praying for rather than engaging in fights, family and friends and on the Internet. It's worth thinking about. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our closing song is In Christ Alone.